0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law
1: thinking of buying a house and want a really low interest rate. Owning has a special for home purchases where Owning pays all your closing costs and the rate in APR is an unheard of 1.875% for a 15-year fixed mortgage with 20% down. This is the craziest low rate for a mortgage with no closing costs that Owning has ever done. 1.875% rate in APR. Heck, we're almost paying you to live in a new house. Call 8332-OWNING or go to owning.com to see if you qualify for this crazy low 1.875% rate. That's a fixed rate loan at 1.875% with no closing costs. Call 8332-OWNING now because 1.875 could go away at any time. NMLS 2611, licensed by the Department of Financial Protection and Innovation under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. Subject to credit approval. Offer assumes the use of Lender's Choice as and title services. Call 8332 8332- for terms and conditions. That's 8332owning or owning.com. 8332owning or owning.com. I'm John Meacham. Welcome to Fate
2: of Fact, season 1. This series is about how and why Fact became a casualty of war in the United States. Please listen and follow Fate of Fact, a presentation of Shining City Audio, a John Meacham and C13 original studio. Available now for free on Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Five Star Zone with Rico
3: Beard. It is another edition of the Five Star Zone with Rico Beard. Evan Jenkins on the other side. And Evan, we are fresh off of the MSU spring game. Not a lot was learned a couple things were though. There was a couple glaring things that you were really paying attention. If you're a Michigan State fan, that you saw. I mean, it was on the Big Ten Network. Uh, the BTN, the BTN did probably the best job that they could because it wasn't. It was. It was an active practice, and that's not exciting for TV. There's six different things going on, six different stations. It's kind of like being at a real football camp where your eyes just kind of gravitate to whatever position group that you really care about the most and you're not paying attention to the other five. Or either that or you're just kind of walking around station to station just to kind of see and get a feel for everything. So a lot of people were a little underwhelmed because, well, you know, what the heck am I watching? It was an open practice, but they said it's an open practice. Reason being, didn't have enough bodies to really field out the 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 two things that they, I mean, to, to come out there and have a real game. Lacking in linebackers, we'll get to that in a second. Lacking in secondary, and we'll kind of get to that later. I mean, because a lot of the guys transferring in won't get there until next month in May. So come summer, you'll see different. It's so Come summer, they'll actually have the bodies there. But right now, they got a lot of guys that just – didn't have the body. So they were able to do the ones versus twos and the twos versus ones late in the um in the practice. So you got to see that. And I, and I think that the biggest thing that you saw if you're a Michigan State fan, to me, this is Peyton Thorne's job to lose. He's the quarterback next year. He took the first snaps. He was with the first team. He always did everything first. He's got a leg up on Anthony Russo, the transfer from Temple. He knows the offense, and it looks like the staff is really wants to just hand it to him and say, You're our guy. Now, what does that mean for the other quarterbacks? I don't know. Uh, Russo's biggest thing was turnovers. You know, he had a nice arm, but he turned the ball over a lot. Ironically enough, it was Peyton Thorne that threw the only interception. It was a bad interception in the game. You can't really point to where you're going to
2: throw and not expect bad things to happen. Yeah, he telegraphed that all the way. Do you think I think you spoke on it just a little bit? But Russo hasn't been there very long. No. So was there ever a chance that he could have been? There was. Be one?
3: There was. There was a chance that you know if if Peyton Thorne didn't seize the opportunity, Russo was going to get it. Russo's put it this way: they have a really good backup in Russo. If, some, if Thorne if Thorn goes down, it's not like this huge drop off. You can win games with Russo. It's just Thorne appears to be better. He has a better command of the offense. And as I said, he's been working more with the first team as you can tell that he has a rapport. Very first play of the uh of, of the scrimmage part. You know, he drops back, throws it deep, <laughs> hits uh Jaden Reed for a 75-yard bomb in stride. Reed's like five, six yards behind the defender, you know, touchdown, everybody's jumping up and down screaming. That's when I was I happened to stop by and I was up in the in the booth with uh, Blaha and Strayhorn when it happens. And they're going crazy, and I'm pointing to the guys. I'm tapping Strayhorn on the shoulder. I'm like, there's a flag, flag. Calm down, Jason. There's a flag right there. Yeah, I- I'm hoping that's not indicative of the season where, yeah, big play nullified by holding, and then they showed the replay, and yeah, it was holding.
2: So. Um, I think in those, in those scrimmages, they call it way closer to the vest, too, to where they aren't going to allow any errors. So, if there's. Any question that it's holding, they're going to call. Oh it no, no scrimmages. This, this was holding. Yeah,
3: this this was one that if, if you would have got away with it in a game, you'd be like, ooh, glad the refs didn't see that one. Oh, that, it was blatant holding.
2: But I, I also like that they did hold this game where they didn't have to because of the players not having it. But Mel Tucker's doing something. I don't even know if there's another program in America that's making themselves available to everybody at all time. What I mean by that is, there' a little series that they're doing on on Twitter and YouTube. You get a very unique look. I don't see other programs doing that, and I think they're really starting to open eyes. Like they're not afraid to show anything. Well, they have to because
3: let's face it. Um, starting June first is the first time the Mel Tucker can actually have kids on campus to visit school. So, you know, the last kid that visited was Hamp Fay back in March for. The, uh, Cassius Winston's final game huh. at Michigan State. Let's put things in perspective. Yeah, It was senior day for Cassius Winston, who's now played a year in the NBA. That was the last time that they could have official visitors on campus. So, if you're Tucker, you got to sell your product the best way that you can.
2: And right now, that's over the internet. And it's great. I mean, they're showing this stuff, like how these kids eat and how everything's available to them and every single what I like, too, is that they're showing a lot of the transfers. Mm-hmm. So you're having kids speak right. on seeing it for the first time, like this is everything you sold me. Right. It's,
3: it's what you got to do because you can't say normally, and, and it was kind of cool for the spring game because recruits were there. They just weren't invited by the university. But they, they couldn't interact with the coaching staff. But they but had their own, they had their own the little section. And-, and and one of the biggest ones was Kaveris Crouch. Uh, linebacker from Tennessee transferring out. He was red, I guess he's going to he was a redshirt freshman last year. Their second or third leading tackler on the team. I mean, this guy, he is legitimate 6'3, 240. Like this, this ain't, you know, how a lot of programs take 5'11 and pump it up to 6'1. Yeah. No, no. This guy, legitimate, you know, He's got the uh, college football power five slash NFL body. Legitimate guy, 6'3". I think he's, like I say, third some leading tackler on Tennessee's team last year. And Tennessee fired their coach, and they brought in Heupel. And Heupel was Josh Heupel was trying to keep him around. He was one of the guys that they really wanted to keep. And he's been going back and forth. He's visiting Michigan State. And sure enough, he's there at the game. He's in a Spartan baseball jersey, a button-up baseball jersey with his last name on the back in big, white, bold letters. He's got this Michigan State baseball cap sitting on the top of his dreads. It's not,
2: you know, it's like one of those, it wasn't fitting well. So, <laughs> well, I mean, I imagine kids with dreads, I mean, I don't know. I'm bald, so but those hat sizes they have don't to fit. be No, they don't, they don't fit. I
3: mean, basically, you only see them when they are doing something like You'll see him for the NFL. That's what I was gonna say. Like yeah, they don't wear hats very often, wearing, which is funny that you mentioned that because you know I go to the game with Mike, and his his it's like Mike's first time up at MSU in like years. So as we're walking in the stadium, I see him in the parking lot. I'm like Mike, hey, you see you look, see that in the parking lot? That's a good sign for Michigan State. He's like, what are you talking about? Because you could see he had, he had his back to us, but it had Crouch on the back, so it's like that's Cavaris Crouch. And it wasn't Eric. <laughs> no, it wasn't. So he, uh, so we, we're picking up our tickets to get into the game, and as we're leaving out, Crouch and I guess a uh, family member of his was coming in to get there. So we just start striking up a conversation, like you know. So, Grayson, you know, bottom line is, dude, what, what are you gonna do here? You, are you committing? And he was like, well, you know, look at my jersey, look at my hat. I don't wear hats. I don't wear hats at all. But I'm wearing this hat today. So that should say something for you. So he was like, it's just a matter of time. Well, a matter of time ended up being 48 hours later. He finally puts it out there on social media that he is coming to Michigan State. Probably the biggest pickup that Mel Tucker has gotten in the transfer portal. I mean, that was between him and uh, Kenneth Walker, the running back from from Wake Forest, who really showed flashes in the spring game.
2: But oh, he's shifty. He can move.
3: Crouch. It's a position of need because right now Michigan State does not have a ton of linebackers, especially the type of linebackers that run the defense that they want to play, the four-two-five defense, where you need fat, you need a bunch of guys like Antoine Simmons, and they didn't have that. They have more of D'Antonio type of guys. Uh, I think they were down to really just uh, I think uh, Noah Harvey, and Klein, Chase Klein, are really the only two guys that you have. They went. They got the guy coming in, the transfer coming in from Minnesota. But this, with Crouch, Crouch is walking in. And he's going to be a day one start. And they have that kid from Michigan too, the Van right. Summerin or Van Summerin kid. Van Summerin, I think, is more of a depth type Absolutely. Of kid. But Crouch comes in, and he's automatically one of the best linebacker that you have. He, the thing for him, he's got to learn the defense. But once he learns the defense, as I told somebody. He he has the possibility of being a much more athletic Antoine Simmons. And Antoine Simmons was no joke. I'm not saying that to be disrespectful to Antoine Simmons because I think yeah, He had that,
2: his limitations when it came to athleticism. I, I,
3: but Right. I mean, but he did a phenomenal job back there. I mean, geez. Put it this way. If Simmons had Crouch's height, he would have picked off that pass at Michigan. He would have been. When they threw that little
2: fake uh, little running back. He would have uh, been one of the top linebackers in the NFL draft right, if he had that kind of size because he— he played the position very well at the Big right. Ten level. I hope you, you work your magic and we get to talk to this young man because when you look at his recruiting profile, he's listed as an athlete, played running back in high school. And I would just love to know the process of arriving at campus and playing this position that maybe you didn't see going in. Maybe he did see it going in. But yeah. these are all questions that I would love to know because when you're an elite athlete, what, he was the number one player in North Carolina. I think he was...
3: For a while, he was the number one player in the nation.
2: Yeah, and to just you have to accept that position. I mean, running back is the sexy position, right? right? Linebacker is like you're just a mean dude looking to hit things.
3: Well, it's funny because Michigan State seen the opposite of that in years past. It was T.J. Duckett or Todd, as he likes to be called right. now, comes in at linebacker, and the next thing you know, he's a running back. It's one. It's it's kind of like wide receiver and corner; those positions you can flip. And, you know, Justin Lane came to Michigan State as a wide receiver. He's playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers now. as Maybe. As, well, yeah, as a <laughs> corner. Running backs and linebackers are the same thing. Most running backs play linebacker, in, you know, on their high school teams and, and vice versa.
2: Well, who was it? Was it Lawrence Timmons that was a fullback and became a defensive lineman? Is yeah. That So it, it happens. But now,
3: like I said, for,
2: for Crouch,
3: he's going to walk in. And he's arguably their best linebacker in the room.
2: Who else was chasing this kid? Do we know school wise? Oh, a, a lot of schools. Oh, I bet because he had. You look at his recruiting list. It's the who's who, right. of college when, football. When he became available again, there was a
3: lot of teams put kicked the tires and tried to see. Kudos to Mel Tucker. For, you know, seems like he's just connecting well, with these kids big at, time. From what I found out, I mean, he's got. You know, staff members, their job every day is to sit in front of the computer and monitor who goes into the transfer portal. And, and then
2: go do your homework on those kids and, and see if they fit what you're looking for.
3: Certain kids bring up the red you know, bring up the flag, hey coach, this kid just went in the portal. Okay, let's get in on them. Let's find out. Let's see if we can get them here. They now,
2: include their cell phone numbers in the portal. Like, how do you contact these kids?
3: Uh, probably. You would think, right? Yeah, probably because when you once you're in the portal, you want people to contact you. So you're I'm essentially sure,
2: putting your name into a job fair, right?
3: I'm sure you. Yeah, it's like a resume. You got your email. You got your phone number. You okay. got your address. I you just got always your parents' address. That. You got your brothers, your sisters. You got your best friend. Hey, I could be available for an
2: interview because I, I need a new job. Obviously, when you're in high school, you can contact the high schools, right? right. But when you're a transfer, you're not going to send paperwork to Wake Forest and be like, can you please pass this along for us? No. So, so yeah, maybe – maybe, you know, you probably
3: call the high school coach. Hey, how do I get in oh, touch with Oh, you this
2: know kid? what? That's a good choice, too. Okay. You just start
3: – I need to get in touch with this kid, but I'm quite sure they have their information on there. I don't know. That's a great
2: question. I would love to just see the inner workings of how that happens. Like, you're just a kid who's transferring, so you're obviously looking for a new place. And I wonder how much scenery plays into it. Girls play into it. I mean, I would guess your major is probably well, down far on that list. scenery
3: and girls play into it because that's why you think that every college host is a, is pretty much female because they know you're dealing with a bunch of 17-, 18-year-old Rowdy old kids. Men. Yep. You know who has your attention? Pretty girl. Yeah. Let's call it what it is. ain't being sexist. Yeah. I had the choice between – Taking a college tour with this guy or this guy or this girl. Hey, can I take the girl and walk around? Because whatever she says, I'm listening to a little bit more.
2: And then the more that I think about it, I bet that's more for high school kids than it is transfers because I bet you majority of these transfers are looking to make it to the league and which program is the best for that for me. Right. And I think that where they've had the experience of college already, their freshman, sophomore years, most cases, now let's go perform. And I think that's what we're going to start to see. What is it, 15 transfers now? Or is it more than that for Michigan uh, State? I
3: want to say it's either – it may be 15 or 16.
2: Okay. But then I, I guess we should also talk about the kids that left Michigan State right after the spring game. Was it five kids? Yeah, seven. Seven. Okay. So is that – they see the writing on the wall and they're like, maybe this isn't the place for me? They waited until the spring game in order to see that? Yeah.
3: It. It. What you saw was – I want to see where I fit in the spring game. Did I have the, you know, The spring game was kind of the Hail Mary. If I had this great spring game, maybe I still have a chance. If not, I don't. Mel Tucker told everybody he expected this, that there was going to be a purging. He This wasn't a shock. People were like, oh, you know, big news happening at East Lansing. I heard it in our updates. No, it wasn't big news. It was expected. And once again, everybody that hit the transfer portal, no disrespect, but there was no one that you said, "Oh my God!" You know, you didn't see Xavier Henderson in the transfer portal.
2: It was not their core guys, at right? All. And Kalen Gervin, you know, those guys hit the portal, you panic. Yeah, because those were big recruits for you, and it, and it's different than you start panicking when you see your starting running back right. leave. What and you stuff saw like
3: were that. the the final couple of classes of Dantonio,
2: including because
3: people were like, "Well, Mel Tucker, you got guys." And Mel Tucker's first class that left. I'm like, that wasn't Mel Tucker's first class. Remember, Mel Tucker got there after signing day. Yeah, that was – That class was already locked up. The only one that he really had to go and recruit was Jordan Simmons, who running back from Georgia, who was about to go someplace else. And he was like, no, 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 I can actually use you. And you saw Simmons actually played, number 22. But other than that, all those other guys – I mean, he kind of looked at him and said, okay, I, I guess I'll see what I have here. But signing day, D'Antonio walked away the day before signing day. Yeah. So he had nothing to do. So what you're seeing is a lot of guys in D'Antonio's final class that you know, probably shouldn't have been at Michigan State.
2: Right. So do you think it was more of a tryout or more of a – your scholarships are good, young men, but – Maybe you want to look otherwise.
3: I think it's a little bit of both, Evan. I think it was a tryout. I think I'm going to feel you out. Everybody gets a clean slate, and we're doing some different things here. And you know, it, it's one of those that. I mean, I always look back when Rich Rodriguez first got to Michigan. You know, S- Stephen three, and, and I forgot the other QB that they had there. But
2: those guys. Oh, it's going to drive me wild. I got to look it up. Those
3: guys probably could have. Uh, done well in a regular system. But Rich Rod comes and brings in, you know, the spread offense, and 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 they weren't those quarterbacks that fit that offense. So, yeah, it ended up being once you got your guys in, the offense ran a lot smoother. But when you look at what Antonio brought in as far as what Mel Tucker's bringing in, that's why I think you're seeing guys – walking out of the door. That's Nick I, Sheridan. Nick feeling. Sheridan, yeah. Nick Sheridan, Stephen three.
2: Well, just imagine if Rich Rod landed Terrell Pryor, how much right. it would have changed everything at the University of Michigan. Right. Denard was a phenomenal player, but he wasn't Terrell Pryor. He right. just was not that kid. Sometimes you need people who could fit your
3: system, and I think that's what you're kind of getting with Crouch. He's coming in, you know, um, yeah, 85 tackles three for loss in 23 games, 11 starts in two seasons at Tennessee.
2: I mean, to play as a true freshman in the SEC is big-time stuff. I, I know Tennessee is not the Tennessee that we saw in the 90s, but it's still big-time football. It's still SEC. And they still treat it as if they were the Tennessee in the 90s. So I understand that. Do you expect another running back to transfer? The reason I ask that is Joyner isn't here yet. Walker's going to play. Jordan Simmons, who you talked about, and then you got the reemergence of Elijah Collins who you're seeing a lot of positive talk about where COVID hit him and and he's back to being the kid. Four running backs is a loaded running back room. Right. Well, and you still have Eaglin
3: the kid from Texas too. Yeah. He, he plays some in the game. It's possible that uh somebody leaves in the summer because it will be crowded. It kind of depends on yeah, what you see with Joyner and how they're going to use him. I, I look at Joiner as he, he's going to be. Is he more of a
2: bruiser? He's, he's, he's going to hit he, the middle and
3: he's uh, he's he's going to
2: counter Hayward.
3: He's going to phase out Hayward. Or oh, in Hayward, is there too. Jeez Louise! He's he's going to phase out Hayward because he does things bigger, faster, stronger than Hayward does. Hayward maybe to me, it, it, it's kind of like he's the leader in the room, but he's not the best player. Right. He he's the foster lawyer. Let's put it. That. Where Foster, <clears throat> no. No, you're absolutely right. I was the team say respected Foster. They named him a captain, but everybody else was better than him. So I think that's kind of, hey, when, when, when you see when Harold Joyner comes in and he's looking at you, you know, six three six four, lining up in the slot, when you can hand him the ball on fourth and one, fourth and goal, and he can get the touchdown, he's not getting stopped
2: two yards behind the line. Yeah, I'm wondering if we're going to see more two running back sets or some of these running backs play the slot, like you said. I, I,
3: well, I think Joyner's going to play the slot. Look at him. <clears throat> like, Hayward, they tried to do, get him in space. He just didn't have the breakaway speed. No, he
2: couldn't get around a corner. But you
3: put Joyner in space, and he had he does have that SEC breakaway speed. Or, you know, i about to say probably another way of look, thinking about it, an R.J. Shelton type. Okay. Where – you 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 got six four coming on a jet sweep. That's a lot more effective than you know some slow back. You know because everybody hated the jet sweep. Oh the short side jet sweep. It works if you have the players.
2: Absolutely. Joiners you one feel of those that guys. edge and their line has not been there.
3: Joiners one of those guys that you could say okay I could see how this would work with him. So I do expect you know some of the running backs to leave. I don't know what the rotation's going to be. It looks like they really like Walker to be the main guy. Uh, but Collins Collins actually went in there first with, um, with the first team. He, got, he was out there with that first series with Peyton Thorne. So they're still going to battle it out. And, and maybe it's just, hey, we're going to go rotation and we got enough backs that if anything happens. Tucker made no bones about it. He hates the fact that his running backs did not rush for one touchdown last. That was an embarrassment to him. It was an embarrassment to Jay Johnson. It was an embarrassment to Coach Cap, the offensive line coach. Football in general. It was an embarrassment. It's not something that you're proud of, and you're seeing that he's really making an emphasis and trying to get bigger linemen, trying to get that push, trying to get everything in there. And I think that, yeah, you probably may see a couple of guys leaving.
2: Um, It won't be Connor Hayward. I think he found out that he doesn't have somewhere to go.
3: He's—he's he's, uh, no. That's the
2: craziest thing I think we'll ever see in college football. No. I mean, I've yet to see it again. A kid leave and then go back—that was wild to me. No, he's—he's he's,
3: God. He's man. It's early. Uh, he reminds me of the receiver that stayed there for like eight years. It seems like Sowers. Yeah, he's the new oh. man is Sowers. The count Haywood still there? Yeah, he's yeah he's still there. So you know what? I remember when he played with uh, Ryan Van Dyke and Jeff Smoker. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he shared a backfield with Le'Veon Bell and Javon Ringer. Right. Oh my goodness. He but, taught
3: he taught TJ. Hey TJ, here's the ropes. You're you're a high school senior. I'm 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 your, I'm your official host.
2: Yeah, he gave Todd the T, the TJ nickname. Right. We're gonna call you TJ. What do you think of the offensive line? Because I know that's a big important. Position group for Michigan State, and when they've been successful, they've had NFL linemen. Well, you saw Horst; the transfer started, yeah,
3: left tackle. So that was cool. I, I like the fact he got out there. I think he solidified that spot. Ahumba, a kid that came from the South, he was a highly recruited kid, but we never really saw him. James Ahumba, and now he, he looks like he's starting at the at the left guard spot. You got an Allen S center. Uh, I think Jarvis is the right tackle. I think they're still tinkering with that. They're trying to get the best people in there, but I I think you're kind of seeing where the line is going to be at. Um, Yeah, it's it's bigger. Now the thing is, can you get pushed? Can you open up holes? Because we're talking about all these running backs, but if you can't open up holes, it's a moot point. And that was the problem last year. They were just too small. Yeah. So... I think uh, horse coming in really helped out because if that one failed, because when you look at all the different people, yeah, we we talk about, oh my goodness, you know, you brought in Walker and you know you bringing in Crouch, bringing in the old lineman and a, with a bat, bring a, a straight up left tackle. I mean, you went straight from, I forgot the 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 school that he was at to now you're there, <laughs> left tackle money position at Michigan State, that's your job because it was that bad. That's going to help out. The fact that Jarvis can now go and play his position at right tackle is better for him, Oh yeah, it's better for everybody. So with the line, you know, a lot of this team is we got to wait to see what happens when everybody gets in there, when all the other freshmen – because remember, these are only the early enrollee freshmen. Yep. So. I don't know. Offensive line is normally not a position where you start as a true freshman.
0: No, That's a
3: position of depth. And, you know, guys like Spencer Brown, who, you know, the coaches seem to like. It looks like he's in that – he's definitely a second-team type of guy. He was one that, you know, people were wondering, was he going to make it? No, he didn't. They actually like what he's doing. And he may not make a big impact this year, but I think over time, especially with last year not really counting – that I think you're going to see, you know, by his last few years Spencer Brown out there at at one of the tackle spots. But yeah, it, it's it it ha- you have to improve it, you have to protect the quarterback, you have to open up holes for the running game. I know what Michigan State can do in the air. They got some really good receivers. They got really good guys coming in. Uh, you know, they, they they got Christian FitzPatrick, they got Malik Carr, two guys coming in, big receivers, both guys are like 6'4 plus, you know, Carr from, Carr, from what I understand about Malik Carr, because I think last time we did this, he did not commit yet. He no, he's like the one that's that coming in from Purdue. Right, he's coming in from Purdue. From what they told him, they kind of want to use him as more of the offensive weapon where well, you're the tight end, but we're also going to use you as a mismatch. Look, I'm not saying he's Kyle Pitts, but they want to use him similar to that. Well, sure, similar, and also when sim- Michigan
2: State has succeeded, they've used the tight end. Right. And he was a weapon.
3: Right. So, well, maybe we move you out and we take you from the line and and we go four wide. And now you're out there with the linebacker and we expect you to abuse that linebacker. So, you know, very similar to, you know, how they use Kittle and how they use other people in the NFL is what they want to do with him. Fitzpatrick is just the big receiver. I think for, for Christian, you expect to see him a lot at the goal line and in the red zone. Throw fade. Uh, whereas the other guys, you know, they got separation, but yeah, he's tall, and you know, you can't teach height. I can, no. I can get you. I can throw it up in the air. You can do whatever. You're a big body. You catch the ball with your hands, not with your body. So I think that's gonna help them out too. But yeah, you gotta wait to see who all is coming in and how everybody's gonna fit. But in the end, I mean, you're probably looking at about 34 to 35 new people who weren't there last year. He has made, as I said, he's made no, he's told, I'm not a big fan of what I got, and I want to make sure that I can get this team to compete. Where are they going to go? Because people ask me, well, how many games are going to win? Guys, I
2: don't know. No, there's so much to see. But one thing I do like about the transfers he's brought in, these aren't grad transfers that are only going to play a year and they're gone. They got one. But majority are kids that are going to be there for two or three years and really build up the culture of what they want. And I think those kids are going to be building blocks for future transfers where they're like, dude, look at me. I succeeded. This place is fabulous. I know you don't like where you're at, and you might have the stigma, oh, it's cold up there or whatever, but it's an amazing place. I mean, you don't hear many people in general well, I guess it's any college, but talk about their experience at Michigan State, and they're like, oh, it's an awful place. I hate it. The Red Cedar, crappy. Right. The Rock, hate it. Spartan Stadium, garbage. Right. No, they've completely changed Spartan Stadium. The locker room is oh, yeah. second and, and, and to none.
3: And it's about to get even better with the Ishbia money getting dropped. Oh, right, the Ishbia box. That the practice facility I mean, I was walking with Mike, and I'm like, Mike, you see this skyline? This skyline won't exist in a few years. It's going to be this gigantic new football building that we'll be looking at instead. But what
2: is Mike it? Fun coupons? Fun coupons. Yeah, they have a bunch at Michigan State right so, now where they can make their program. I mean, they lacked. Let's say it. when I first started covering Michigan State games was when D'Antonio first started getting there. That program lacked. You know, we were doing press conferences and trailers. Think yeah. about where it's come to Double now. Double wide trailers. I do remember that. Yeah, they. Were,
3: it's crazy. They were rented trailers, and now they got the uh, Tom Tom and Lupe Izzo Media Room,
2: which is phenomenal. They got
3: the re- recruiting center in the building. I mean, only thing that they're missing, and I told them, I was like, guys, and I guess maybe if it was a warm weather state, like, like all you need is like an overhang balcony in the recruiting
2: room that like got, kids
3: can just you know watch the game from the balcony. And, and and that, but, I mean, it's kind of cold, so I don't
2: know. You could do it for the first four or five games, right? Right.
3: I'm like, that's the only thing missing. I'm like, guys, extend this out to a little overhang balcony, and, yeah, th- this thing will be perfect. Because now it's almost like a suite where you can sit and mingle or you can go out and, and watch the game and, and sit in the uh, north end zone and watch everything.
2: That would be awesome where they have the it's kind of empty there, or did they put seats there now? I know years back they used to in the end zones. I think that's handicapped seating yeah, as well. So, no, I'm, but I'm talking about, yeah, just, yeah, I mean,
3: just kind of a, if they could, almost like a sweet type of thing yeah. and just, you know, have the overhang. Kind of how they do it with the, kind of similar to the Huntington Club. On the okay. Fourth, fourth level, where they can actually mingle around and then go out and sit in their seats if they want
2: to. All right, so this might be radio for two right now, but Rico and I, we sit next to each other at all the Spartan football games. My man always comes up with brownies, right? Always. And so I was at the golf course on Friday, one of the guys is a big Spartan fan, right? And he was talking about Mike Valeni, of course, your show uh, co-host. And then he goes, who does he do the show? And I'm like, oh, it's with Rico. He's like, you know what? That's right. Rico's great. He always comes into the Huntington Club, and I always talk to him there. And I'm like, of course he does, because he's getting them brownies. I'm like, he always tells me I should go. Nobody's ever going to check. And I'm like, maybe I will now. But it was just so funny that they're like, you know what? It's the Huntington Club. Somebody hit me to it, because I was like, where are you? Because he would always come back with stuff.
3: I'm like, where are you getting at? He's
2: like, just follow me. Let's go. So.
3: Yeah, they they got like tons of food
2: stations. I've there. seen what you've brought up there. I think you said you had prime rib one time. <laughs> like... From prime rib to coney dogs to college football games are just the best. They are just the best. Like people say, the NFL is great. It doesn't compare. Well, because you got to remember,
3: college football will always bring out passion. Yes. NFL. Eh, I mean, I mean, yeah, you have like your diehard Lions fans who go to tail. Tell- College football it's is family tradition. You went there, you tailgate there. It's why, I mean, the NFL is transient. And now I guess college football may become transient with the transfer portal. Maybe,
2: but normally, but no, you know, because it's all about that logo that's on your chest. Right. But
3: when you went to a school, man, that means it's, it's why, you know, when they do the intros to Monday Night Football, they're proud to say, you know, they're colleges. It's why locker rooms still have bets. When the when their oh, yeah. rivals are betting.
2: When their rivals are playing, they'll have bets on the game. It's why you see Cassius Winston wearing UCLA gear because he bet Russell Westbrook.
3: Right. Or it's it's why there's a picture of Tom Brady walking around in
2: Ohio State jersey. And a
3: Michigan State T shirt. Oh, yeah. He they uh, he bet uh, Brian Hoyer.
2: It's so and good. State
3: won. It's it's money on the line, it's pride, it's it's just the it means something to you. Whereas the pro game, it's a business. And yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, maybe Packer fans, but I mean, come on, man. There's, there's fist fighting in, in, in Alabama, Alabama, Auburn. I mean, I know people down there, and that's their pro teams. Oh yeah, and they're e- e- either you're, uh, you know, burgundy or you're blue, and orange.
2: Oh yeah, you there's don't... no
3: mixture. I mean, look about in this state.
2: It's like Michigan, Ohio State. You can't go to Ohio State game wearing your maize and blue, right.
3: or. T- Michigan, Michigan State.
2: Yeah. I mean. I'm not trying to walk around in Ann Arbor wearing green. I'm just not.
3: Ride around, you know, on a, please, just in, if you're riding around in the car and somebody has a Michigan, Michigan State emblem on there, you get flipped off. Like, oh, or you're a state fan. Oh, you're the, like, dude, the cable guy comes in to fix my Xfinity and first thing he says is, oh, your boxes are all screwed up. I'm like, well, what's what's wrong with them? Oh, you got Michigan State boxes.
2: I got to get you Michigan boxes. (laughs) no, you're you're absolutely right, and I've just I think I've covered all the Lions games in the past decade, and I've only missed a few Michigan State games in the past decades. And just that walk. Listen, I'm not taking a long walk. It's probably ten minutes for both. The walks are just so completely different to me. And don't get me wrong, Lions games, Ford Field, it's packed as much as Spartan Stadium is, but it's just the atmosphere and everything surrounding it. It's just I think it's what makes college football special. And I think Michigan State is building something that could be special. Michigan State
3: could, and because especially because the, the, it's right there on campus. Like Michigan, a lot of tailgating goes on on that golf course. Yeah,
2: but like, but
3: Michigan State—you walk around anywhere within that
2: radius of the stadium. Yeah, it's but, like, but Evan, they, they're
3: missing a huge opportunity, and I, and I'm hoping that with this new inf- uh, flux of money that Ishby is bringing in, that they can do some things. One of the biggest things they should do, if it with me, is uh, the, the Munn Field. Tear the grass up and put in some of that uh, artificial fake grass.
2: Yeah, that synthetic turf.
3: And here's what you, here's why. Because when it rains, you can't park there. And if you do park there and it rains during the game, your car's stuck. I've known people who've gotten their cars stuck. Because it sinks. Yeah. And you got to get a tow truck to come and pull you out. Change that over, and now what you could do, and, I, and people have told me about this idea, and I think it's a phenomenal idea. But imagine if you set up tents and you almost make it like, you know, an impromptu town,
2: where oh, like Spartyville,
3: yeah, Spartyville, where you can buy, you and I can purchase a tent, and that's our location, and that's our tent, and then there's somebody next to us, and they become our neighbors over the years, and we get to know them. So it's and, almost
2: like cabanas if you go to a pool, like that type of deal where you have your own and you can. And
3: here's the beautiful thing about it. You can have each of these tents catered. Yep. Whatever menu that you choose the week before is what's going to be in your tent. You don't have to haul equipment. You don't have to
2: haul stuff up there. Oh, and they can make a fire killing on it. Michigan State can.
3: You could. And now people can just walk through Spartyville and, you know, it It would be a it's a great thing for the fans, and Munfield to me is the perfect place for it because, like I said, tear the grass up, put down the field turf. Therefore, you can have all the people walking on it and everything. Or even if you just keep the, I mean, you could keep the grass, I suppose, but still, you could put the tents up there. Yeah. And have it catered. Now, you're helping out local businesses or you're helping out the university. Within yourself, yeah. Or maybe but it's even. But you know even... what? If I don't have to haul a, a barbecue pit every day, I don't have to get up there at 530 to fire up the fire and get everything going. I can just walk up there and whatever I got, it's waiting for me in the tent. That's our tent. And if you want, we can't make it to the game. Heck. We
2: could sell our tent to somebody and be like, "Hey, here you go." Or think about how you can help out the students. I'm sure hospitality there; they can do all of that. You know, the kids that are doing that for their major. I'm right. sure there's some kind of cooking classes that are there where kids can cook all of it. And right. and you culinary school. You're right. Yes. There's a ton of things. Why don't you talk to your boy Plaxico? He's got money. <laughs> that's all it's going to take is somebody with big money. Well, that's what I'm saying to
3: donate. You're you're already about to reinvent it. Re- reinvigorate and reinvent all of the athletic fields. Yeah. Have some foresight Foresight here, people. Change this up. And now Saturdays, because may- maybe some of the big wigs need to go down to some of the SEC schools and see how they do it. <clears throat> and That's that might ex- be it. It's an experience where in the SEC schools, the fun starts at the tailgate. At Michigan State, it's fun. It's but- cool but it's more the game. Yes. In southern schools, man, it's the experience. I mean, you don't want to miss the tailgating spot. You don't want to miss, you know, walking through here. You don't want to miss,
2: you know, it's everything leading up to the game plus the game. Right. I mean, even And then after, I'm sure that it's Notre Dame. Else
3: too. Is, Notre Dame's I mean, it's just like my god, walking from your car to the stadium.
2: It's you just, live it. Oh my you breathe god,
3: it. God, this is this is Great. I mean, look at what these people are doing. You could do that at Michigan State just to add to the experience. Because now imagine if you're a recruit and you got to walk through Spartyville. you got to walk through. I mean, you
2: you're like, oh my god, God, this is better than these
3: people do football. They're taking seriously up here. That's that's the one thing that I think they've lacked, and I think a lot of it's just no no foresight. Yeah,
2: there's no structure. You're right about that. It's just kind of a free for all. Yeah,
3: just park here pull out your portable grill, and there it is. Yeah. Whereas now, you know, yeah, you could still do the parking lot stuff, but, yeah, there are certain people, and I'm quite sure, if you opened it up, and Munfield is huge, and instead of whatever crap that they would put up there with big, yeah, monetize this thing, you could easily turn that into a little city.
2: You know what? I'm going to send this podcast to Bill Beekman. And say, listen to it. Beekman, are you listening? Listen. And it could be called Ricoville at the end of the day. No. No. Beardville? No.
3: (laughs) Spartanville, Spartyville,
2: you know. It's a great idea. I mean, it really is because I've never seen it, but now I've only gone to college football games within the state. And And there's going to be a lot of people that are like me. You could do it in multiple places.
3: You could do it there. You could do it, you know, along the Red Cedar River.
2: Well, think about all the kids, too, that – are getting recruited but maybe live in small states or they don't have that ability to see that all the time, right. but they see it for the first time, Right, you never forget it, and right. you don't want to leave it. Dude, it's, it's the
3: ability to think big. I mean, yeah. it's, okay, the biggest thing that happens now, they'll say, well, we got the football team walking past the Sparty statue throwing Sweet. pennies on there. Okay. That's great. But you know what? If I'm not on that side of the football building, I never see that.
2: No, I've never seen right. it. The only yeah. thing I've ever seen is them walking into the stadium while I'm trying to walk into the stadium. Right. I've seen it. Yeah. But if you're you know, on that the, does block me from right. getting to my spot.
3: If you're on the south side of the stadium, you never see any of the no. activities that happen over there. That's what I'm saying. Man, on the south side, you take Munfield and instead of having little kids run around there, man, put up a bunch I love of it. tents. Get it catered, and now you could park wherever, and either you could walk over to your tent, or you could have a shuttle that runs back and forth. But you're creating an atmosphere. You're acting like a big boy program now instead of just oh, well we play football here. No, we you can have an experience here. That's that's what's needed. So, don't know how we got there. All right, what you got for
2: me? <laughs> So my question is, it's going to be based off of the spring game. And the reason I'm going to ask this is we've talked about it a little bit in the past, but do you think we'll see five different Michigan State football helmets this year? You got the script one. Script one. You got got the green one. You got the white one. You got the gruff. And then there's one more. Yes. We will see a fifth. Yes. God, it's exciting. That's another thing that they're doing too and embracing. You will see. Be different.
3: Uh, I I am 99.999% sure you will see a fifth
2: helmet. That's what I'm I'm excited. I I love the gear, I love the swag. Keep it coming, man. If you listen to past
3: podcasts, you could
2: probably figure it out. Oh, so it might be 6 cuz you also have the the lime green one.
3: Oh do have the Lion green? So yeah, you right, you could get. Six they might
2: get to that. the Oregon spot. They really might because you play how many games? Twelve.
3: You play twelve games, and
2: you already got six of those games with different helmets.
3: Well, I mean, I th- I think it just can be uh just a combination that. You That's know, what I'm like, saying.
2: You can switch the pants with the jerseys do this with the helmets with yep.
3: this and like this year you're gonna have uh, what? Michigan. Michigan's probably going to. like to me, and I know most fans hate the neon,
2: but I think I it's sharp. It. I think it's sharp.
3: I, I, Dude, I, I was talking to uh to to the to the assistant athletic director, Alan Holler. I'm like Alan, Halloween night, Michigan, And put on those neons. Or it's I'm like, sick, dude, I mean, imagine if like you had some black unis with some neon in it for Halloween.
2: Yep, kind of like the basketball uniforms. Right. I, I do, like, if it, as long as it's subtle and it's not. Screaming at you in 80 font, state across. That's what people didn't like. Right. I
3: mean, if you just use the regular Michigan State
2: jersey. Yeah, and do black, black with that green with the Michigan State lettering across, I think dude, I you mean, win a lot of people but, over. I mean, it goes Halloween night. Dude, make sure that
3: game's a night game. That's going to look badass.
2: You know what? And and treat it like Northwestern does with those crazy black uniforms that they wear. I don't know if it's gothic or whatever they do, but there's one game a year. They wear them, and they go all out. Look at Ohio State, and they wear all blacks. It's a blackout within their stadium. You change the tempo. You change the scenery. So, I like it a lot, but that's exciting. That is very exciting. So,
3: yeah, I think you 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 could see up to six different helmets.
2: And then who knows what happens during the year. It seems like Mel Tucker's always working on it. And also, I need to meet that man because I feel like he has a better sneaker collection than me, but I want to see it in person because well, he brings the heat on, yeah, I mean, on social media. He, he literally can
3: pick up the phone and call Nike and be like, I need a pair of this.
2: See, I call Nike, and they're like, please hold. Because I've asked. I'm like, well, how does—
3: like, can I get that? They're like, no, that was specially made for Tuck. Yep. It's a one of one.
2: Well, it's like those shoes that I sent you one time that my buddy saw. The I forget what they were Supremes or Blazers—is what they were. Low top Blazers for Michigan State basketball. They're the only ones that have them. Yep, and sometimes he is the only. one.
3: like that, man. All right, that's what I got for you. All right, for Evan, Rico, thanks for listening. We'll be back. Gonna still try to catch up with uh, Kaveris Crouch to get a special podcast with just him, so as soon as we get it, we'll do it, and you guys
1: will know and hear all about it. Until then, See you next week. Thinking of buying a house and want a really low interest rate? Owning has a special for home purchases where Owning pays all your closing costs and the rate in APR is an unheard of 1.875% for a 15-year fixed mortgage with 20% down. This is the craziest low rate for a mortgage with no closing costs that Owning has ever done. 1.875% rate in APR. Heck, we're almost paying you to live in a new house. Call 8332-OWNING or go to owning.com to see if you qualify for this crazy low 1.875% rate. That's a fixed rate loan at 1.875% with no closing costs. Call 8332-OWNING now because 1.875 could go away at any time. NMLS 2611, licensed by the Department of Financial Protection and Innovation under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. Subject to credit approval. Offer assumes the use of lender's choice as crow and title services. Call 8332 8332- 833 for terms and conditions. That's 8332-Owning or Owning.com. 8332-Owning or Owning.com. Hi, I'm John Meacham, the host of Cadence 13's new podcast, Fate of Fact, on how
2: America and its political parties got to where we are today. Available now on Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts.